Hello, I'm Helen Eaton and I talk about autism and neurodiversity. I talk about these things because my family's neurodivergent. I run workshops and training sessions on autism and it's my favourite thing to talk about. Please remember though, I'm a public speaker and a trainer. I'm not a psychologist, doctor or a medical professional of any type. Please always seek professional help if you're concerned about anything relating to autism. This podcast looks at why schools need to understand and I mean really understand autism. The statistics say maybe one child in every two, typically sized class, is autistic. Speaking to teachers, being in schools, I'm sort of seeing and hearing that in every class there's a child that is autistic or the teacher suspects is autistic or is showing lots of autistic traits. That's one child in every class. At least in different schools it will be more It's a child. That's a child. That's why we need to know about autism, because that's what schools are there for, to support and unlock the potential of every child. Lots of schools think they know about autism. That's marvellous and fantastic. There are some that don't know a lot. There are some that think they know, but don't know. Usually, most often, there's good intentions at heart, but not knowing about autism can be catastrophic on a child's life you know stop look listen when I say I do appreciate the marvellous and wonderful engaging exciting people out there the staff the teachers the teaching assistants support staff heads governors everyone involved in schools who are really invested and engaged in doing their best for autistic children thank you thank you thank you it is so much appreciated but not every school's in that position. And my experience tells me over and over again that schools really need to know more about autism. I think all autistic children are amazing. Most have an ability to learn their favourite topic in microscopic detail, or they can spot patterns, errors and details others wouldn't notice. They may have the capacity to hyperfocus, complete repetitive tasks consistently, or to specialise in really complex subjects. These are all important skills for so many careers. Many great things have been achieved by autistic people throughout the centuries. If we look at some of the leaders of um, you know, the most innovative and creative and, and or just in charge organisations of the world, there's a lot of autistic people at the top there. Not every autistic child is going to send a rocket up into space. Some will need a lot of support throughout their lives. But we know that's what education is about. It's about laying good foundations, good roots, moving forwards through life. You know that stuff if you're involved in education. If we're not getting it right for autistic children, we're making their lives much more complicated in the future. You know, the, the 21st century lives, are, you know, our 21st century lives are frenetic, chaotic. They're overly demanding. They're shared through social media. We place so many expectations and demands on ourselves. There's a huge pressure to conform to a very limited range of norms. These aren't great conditions for autistic children at the moment. With too much going on too fast and so many changes, they become overwhelmed, particularly in school. And a lack of understanding of autism means there aren't enough adjustments made to create an environment where autistic children can truly flourish. This lack of understanding in families, in education and the workplace makes this life journey significantly harder for autistic children. 
And if we kind of continue as we are with the level of ignorance that there is about autism in some places, we're blocking the potential of a group of children to develop essential skills and employability. And it also really increases the risk of unhappiness, poor life choices and and mental health issues. This is heavy stuff. I appreciate that. I know that. But I, I need to say it. I really do because of what I see and what I've experienced. Without a proper understanding in schools of the needs and the strengths of autistic children, we can't support the families that don't understand or don't accept the challenges their child faces. Schools miss the key signs of autism, the indicators, and I found that schools are sometimes punishing, excluding or socially isolating these children when they don't need to be. Autistic children are pushed through a what I'm going to call an inflexible and fast-paced mainstream UK education system. And lots of non-autistic kids are struggling with that. But we're pushing them through it anyway. And with that proper understanding, that child is going to feel alone, like a failure. And they're not going to understand the good reasons as to why they may feel or behave differently. It's really important to know about autism. Who am I to be talking to you about this stuff then? So I do have a postgrad qualification in primary education. I did the university training and I had three teaching placements. I did some voluntary work in a range of schools as well. And I've delivered some school assemblies and and teacher training in autism. So a little insight. I've never been a full-time teacher, but a little insight into education. In terms of personal experience of schools and their approach to autism, we've had quite an interesting experience of primary schools. Uh, One school in particular, uh, it really did fail to deliver um, what it promised to deliver as a primary school and it really failed to support my autistic son. Uh, After a long journey with them, lots of discussions, I was advised separately that if I took the school to a disability discrimination tribunal, it would make them look at and hopefully improve their SEND policies. So a lot of research there around the subject for me, but no such luck. Things went from bad to worse. And a couple of years after we left, the school was rated inadequate in every area by Ofsted. I believe they're now on head teacher number six in three years, but I, you know, I, it looks like things are improving. Some of the things that happen in that school are, are pretty appalling. And it's really shocking to me that it went unsupervised for so long. And I really did shout in all the, the right places and very loudly to, to get people in there to look at that school as a whole and also how they were teaching, uh, approaching autistic children in particular. Uh, you know, some pretty awful things happened there. And, you know, in the years after we left, news of one or two incidents, you know, really did reduce me to tears. So, yeah, I am emotionally scarred by that school. Uh, you know, it, it, it still generates feeling of sadness and frustration. But I learned a lot from it you know I'm in an upside down kind of way about the support that autistic children need so kind of moving on from that that sort of story we did a brief stint of homeschooling which I'm a great supporter of and I really focused then on boosting the foundation of practical maths and literacy at home you know and I eventually stumbled across a wonderful village school less than 100 pupils it was a really nurturing and inclusive environment, a little bit old school in its approach, you know, not leading the way with cutting edge technologies or teaching techniques, anything like that. But it worked for my children, particularly my autistic son. You know, they flourish, they were allowed to express their marvellous personalities and they actually learnt stuff as well. All three of mine are in secondary school right now. 
well sort of because we're in lockdown but they're at home and it's going to be interesting exciting terrifying to see what school and education looks like in the coming months be it that's another conversation in this podcast i'm not going to offer a list of tips and ideas as to what you can do as a school to support autistic children i really just want to encourage some reflective thinking that you know the changes everyone can make to help are, are not that difficult they're not that time consuming they're making they're about making small adjustments being more accepting of differences encouraging that in the school as a whole and opening your mind to the skills and the strengths of others so autistic brains process and store information emotions and sensory input differently to typical brains yeah, that's a fact that's a given they're often focusing on different details, thoughts and priorities to kind of what's going on around them in the classroom. That gives each autistic kid a really unique perspective on the world around them. You know, remember, being autistic doesn't automatically mean the child has got impaired intellect. Yep, some autistic children have additional physical needs, different diagnoses or additional learning difficulties. But lots of children, their their potential is blocked because of the way the world is communicating with them and the difficulties they have in communicating with the world. Autism is a social communication, social interaction difficulty, along with the need for rigid routines, repetitive behaviours and some of that sensory difficulties chucked in as well. Autistic children often stand out from the crowd. They may never ever change their hairstyles or their choice of clothes or they might defy all conventional norms with their appearance. They might talk excessively about their favourite subject, or prefer not to talk much at all. They might avoid social events and stand on the edge of groups. They might be the heart of parties, but merely checking out the occasional uh, social um, oops, oopsies, or you know, or perhaps an uncomfortably honest comment. They may be getting the social stuff wrong. You know, um, a little story from, uh, I remember years ago, we had a bout of chicken pox in the house, and my son was quite fascinated by this. And for months, he we were out and he'd see some with acne and really feel the need to tell them he suspected they had chicken box. He was really quite adamant that, you know, it was something that could be dealt with. And I have a memory of uh, I was running through a um, supermarket with my son from a, quite a, a group of angry teenagers with him shouting, I just want to talk to them about their spots, mum. And I was, <laughs> let's get out of here. Now's not the time to focus on chicken pox stroke acne. Um, but, you know, I joke, but the hard truth is that autistic children are vulnerable to bullying, to exclusion by peers, they're at risk of being led astray. If you're bullied and rejected in childhood and your school or your family fails to support your needs, there's a good chance you might give up trying. This could be, and I've seen this with autistic children and teens, this could be giving up an education, giving up an educa- uh, relationships, giving up trying to find a place in the world and, and sometimes even giving up on life itself. Support and nurture, you know, autistic children do need an additional level of support. And some of the key elements for success include safety and comfort, anxiety management strategies, supporting change and new experiences and developing emotional awareness. It doesn't have to be complicated. Some schools offer this stuff without without an EHCP, without almost being asked to. And yay to them. That's amazing. I've witnessed that myself and I am forever grateful. Other schools, parents have to jump through hoops for an EHCP and then it may not be fully implemented and that stuff takes years. I really do ask, please don't make it more complicated for parents than it already is. By the time a child has arrived in your classroom, you know, nine o'clock or whatever in the morning, they may have already had a really bad start to the day. Something to bear in mind. 
particularly when we're thinking about the sensory system. Being sensory overwhelmed is, is distracting and it creates a real sense of panic within the mind and the body. So to remind you, the senses, the sight, the touch, the sound, the smell, the taste, the movement, mm, losing track there myself, all that sensory input that's going. It includes balance, it includes body awareness, it includes feeling pain, it feels hunger. All of that stuff can be uh, can be really challenging. Autistic people can be oversensitive or undersensitive and it's a unique balance for every autistic person. They may feel irritated by clothes, labels, by loud noises, smells and even a light touch can feel painful. And sometimes the sensory input is missed or they might seek that sensory input of stimulation. So they might be constantly chewing or touching everything. Forgive me if I say it again, but please recognise the impact of sensory difficulties. Going back years, I was little, I remember being at my grandma's house and everything she cooked was yellow. I think perhaps it was her generation. So jacket potatoes with cheese and butter and waffles and sweet corn. And then also uh, one meal in particular, I remember there were fish fingers on the plate and I couldn't cope with the smell of fish fingers. And it got to the point where my, my grandma uh, got her finger on the end of the fish finger that was hanging out my mouth and she pushed it in my mouth. Quite a lot of force. I expelled it back out, but it pinged over her shoulder and kind of hit the front of the gas fire and just started sizzling and the smell that just moment sticks with me now that sensory overwhelm so sensory responses can be huge they can lead to not just fish finger spitting but volcanic explosions just feeling overwhelmed and not being able to function effectively let's think about secondary schools now where the day is often much busier than in primary school every 40 minutes or so their pupils got to walk into a different classroom environment where it may be hotter, noisier or smellier than the last, they need to adjust to the sensory changes around them. They have to sit and work with different groups of pupils each time and that requires lots of active social thinking. That's pretty exhausting. Break times can be lonely and might be an opportunity for bullies to pounce. There's often no space to recover or rest during the day. We need to support those children. We need to make them feel safe and comfortable throughout the day. Autistic minds really benefit from reassuring constants and known patterns and sequences. You know, changes can take time to process, time to embed, and it takes a long time perhaps before they might feel safe. If there's a risk that something new might be extremely unpleasant to experience, autistic children can really resort to some very vocal and physical strategies to avoid it. Uh, you know, even trying a new food, hey, hey, fish fingers, for example, can create a panic. The parts of the brain responsible for communication and social behaviour develop differently within an autistic brain. Social demands and expectations within school can be really tricky to understand and exhausting to navigate. So being in constant fear about what might happen next and misunderstanding what others want from you can really create a whirl of panic responses. Bad behaviour, I'm going to use that word, bad behaviour, inappropriate behaviour, things that you might see as being bad or inappropriate, may not have the intention of being bad or inappropriate. They are responses to overwhelm, to anxiety. They are difficulties. So please bear that in mind. I don't want to preach to the converted. I'm just getting these ideas out there, getting them spoken. But look at the reaction in front of you and try and track back to see what's happening. Don't presume it's so let's go big now. I'm going to suggest an idea, a way of looking at education. 
not aiming to cause any offence, apologies if I do. So maybe if we suggest we have a conveyor belt system of education. So if you picture, you know, picture that with them in your mind, a long conveyor belt, uh, the conveyor belt can't stop moving as there's plans to follow and data to be mapped big scale across the country. The conveyor belt is sectioned into school years, subjects and often children are grouped by ability. It's called ability. Sometimes maybe I disagree, maybe output. Time and time again, I've been told, yes, I know he's bright, but if he doesn't put it down on paper, we can't prove it. Therefore, he has to be in the lowest ability sets. Children have to output what has been input by the teachers at the right point of their school lives. I know there's creativity. I know there's engaging work. I know there's some really inspirational teachers out there that are expanding curriculums and expanding minds. But that conveyor belt keeps on moving. At the end of the conveyor belt, we say, for example, produce identical boxes of chocolates, eight rows, eight flavours, all the subjects, all the topics, all broken down, all in that box. If a child has missed the opportunity to learn, say, percentages or apostrophes, then they may be missing a few chocolates in a row. They may be missing entire rows. Autistic kids are processing, functioning, tackling the world in different ways. We need to make sure that there's space for them on that conveyor belt and we can stop and start and adjust it as and when we need to keep them moving along. There's a real chance they'll be missing far more than just apostrophes and percentages by the time they get to the end of school. They'll be missing some really critical skills. So let's recap what's been covered in this podcast. There are lots of autistic children in your schools. Many are undiagnosed. They may not get their diagnosis until much later in life, but they are still autistic and they still need support. Have I said that in mainstream schools, it's really important to understand autism and to support autistic children? I think I probably have several times already. Sorry, uh, on a bit of a roll here with this theme. Um, they're the ones who might need the most support in your classroom. They may be the ones that in the right environment are a delight and wonder and joy to teach. They may be the ones that create no fuss and bother at all. Like my son, he just gets on with it. Well, until somebody asks him to do a little bit of hard work, but that is another story. No behavioural issues or concerns at all in school. He's autistic. You don't know who the autistic child's going to be sometimes. Anyway, thank you for listening. I hope you found it useful and goodbye.